cliffcentral.com Womantla on cliffcentral.com it's Woman La, as it happens every Wednesday. I'm Pumi Mashekho, and today we've got Michelle Dave here with us because we're talking more money, more money, more problems. <laughs> I think the one thing that over the past four weeks, maybe four weeks, yep. maybe five, right? Closer on five, yeah. Everybody is talking about junk status. Yep. Everybody's talking about junk status. People, everybody's talking about rating agencies. All of a sudden, you know, everybody's like an expert <laughs> on what's happening with the junk status. People are marching. It's, it's, it's as, panic. It's panic. As they say, yeah. as, as they say on the social media streets, it's lit. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely crazy. And it's manic. And I think, um, there's only one thing to do today. As we do on our Money Wednesdays, the one thing that we can do today is let's just clear it up. And before we get into it, before you and I, Michelle, get into yep. it and we get into the, the nitty gritties and the conversations, you know, doing the research and checking out over the past couple of years. Now, I only knew about what like rating agencies and junk status and stuff like that. Um, maybe about 10 years ago. Yeah. Not so long ago. Not mm. so long ago. And and over the years, you know, because I'm just like tibinkini to know these kinds of things. <laughs> I've gotten to that place where I I think I kind of understand what it is. And I found this incredible talk. Everybody knows I love TED Talks. And I'm going to share with you one of the TED Talks that I saw a couple of years ago now. Um, from 2013, actually, by a woman named Annette Heuser. Yes, she's German, so you'll hear that German accent where she's speaking. Um, she works for a group called Bertelsmann Foundation. Bertelsmann is actually the group that owns BMG, like yeah. the record label, um, which is a big German uh, foundation. It's actually a family-owned business, but 51% of it goes into of all money that they make. All yeah. their profits go into this foundation. Fantastic. And what this foundation, when it was initially started, this foundation was started, I think, in 1947, just sure. after the war in Germany. So when they were junk, <laughs> when Germany was junk, they started this foundation. And the guy that started it, Reinhard Mohn, who'd been in the Africa Corps. So he was, sure. he was actually part of the German troops that were out here in Africa and he was a prisoner of war. And when he went back to Germany and after the war, one of the things that he wanted to do was rebuild the country. And, and his big motto at the time was he's going to rebuild his business. He was going to build his business by rebuilding his country, which a little suspect coming after the huge <laughs> nationalism in Germany. But I mean, look at what he's built. And yeah. BMG is still a very big business, which has its fingers in a, in many, many pies. But the extraordinary thing that he did with this business was he made his business 51% owned by this foundation. And what this foundation did when it started out in the 40s, 1947, I think it was, when it started out, it used to print Bibles <laughs> okay. and they used to spend their money teaching German kids. So paying for the education of German kids wow. to learn maths and science in German. 
That's in the amazing. mother tongue. And look so at they what, were building the future. They were building the future. Look mm. what Germany is today. Germany is still the strongest economy in Europe today. So she works for that foundation and her whole mission in life, she's based in, in Washington and her whole mission in life is really getting the ratings agencies, the three ratings agencies. We've got, um, we've been downgraded by two of yes. the three and we're the third one. We're waiting with bated breath because they've only put us on notice. At the moment, so they're watching us and they're watching our stock. And she's going, actually, the way that these three guys work needs to be reevaluated. This talk is from um, 2013. So it's a little bit old, but it's still very relevant, I yeah. think, for South Africans. And really the understanding thereof. It's really relevant for South Africans. Yes. And I think she gives a really concise way of how they, they work. So we're going to play a little bit of this and then we'll get into our chat. Brilliant. If I can get it to go. Yes, maybe. Oh, I might have to ask Balesa to help me Prices. out here. And all the headlines were about European countries getting downgraded by rating agencies in the United States. In 2012. I listened and thought to myself, what are these rating agencies and why is everybody so upset about their work? Well, if you were sitting next to me in the car that day and would have told me that I would devote the next years trying to reform them, obviously I would have called you crazy. But guess what's really crazy? The way these rating agencies are run. And I would like to explain to you not only why it's time to change this, but also how we can do it. So let me tell you a little bit about what rating agencies really do. As you would read a car magazine before purchasing a new car or taking a look at a product review before deciding which kind of tablet or phone to get, investors are reading ratings before they decide in which kind of product they are investing their money. A rating can range from a so-called triple A, which means it's a top performing product, and it can which is go what we used down to, be. to the level of the so-called triple B minus, which means it's a fairly risky investment. Rating agencies are rating companies, they are rating banks, they are rating even financial products like the infamous mortgage-backed securities. But they can also rate countries. And these ratings are called sovereign ratings. And I would like to focus in particular on these sovereign ratings. And I can tell as you're listening to me right now, you're thinking, so why should I really care about this, right? Be honest. Well, ratings affect you. They affect all of us. If a rating agency rates a country, it basically assesses and evaluates a country's debt and the ability and willingness of a country to repay its debt. So if a country gets downgraded by a rating agency, the country has to pay more in order to borrow money on the international markets. So it affects you as a citizen and as a taxpayer because you and your fellow countrymen have to pony up more in order to borrow, right? But what if a country can't afford to pay more because it's maybe too expensive? Well, then the country has less available for other services like roads, schools, healthcare. And this is the reason why you should care, because sovereign ratings affect everyone. And that is the reason why I believe they should be defined as public goods. They should be transparent, accessible, and available to everyone at no cost. But here's the situation. 
The rating agency market is dominated by three players and three players only. Standard and Poor's, Moody's and Fitch. And we know whenever there is a market concentration, there is really no competition, right? There is no incentive to improve the quality of your product. And let's face it, the credit rating agencies have contributed putting the global economy on the brink, and yet they have to change the way they operate. The second point, would you really buy a car just based on the advice of the dealer? Obviously not, right? That would be irresponsible. But that's actually what's going on in the rating agency sector every single day. The customers of these rating agencies, like countries or companies, they are paying for their own ratings, and obviously this is creating a conflict of interest. The third point is the rating agencies are not really telling us how they are coming up with their ratings. But in this day and age, you can't even sell a candy bar without listing everything that's inside. But for ratings, a crucial element of our economy, we really do not know what all the different ingredients are. We are allowing the rating agencies to be intransparent about their work, and we need to change this. I think there is no doubt that the sector needs a complete overhaul, not just a trimming at the margins. I think it's time for a bold move. I think it's time to upgrade the system. And this is why we at the Bertelsmann Foundation have invested a lot of time and efforts thinking about an alternative for the sector. And we have developed the first model for a non-profit rating agency for sovereign risk. And we call it by its acronym INCRA. INCRA would make a difference to the current system by adding another non-profit player to the mix. It would be based on a non-profit model that would be based on a sustainable endowment. The endowment would create income that would allow us to run the operation, to run the rating agency, and it would also allow us to make our ratings publicly available. But this is not enough to make a difference, right? INCRA would also be based on a very, very clear governance structure that would avoid any conflict of interest, and it would include many stakeholders from the society. INCRA would not only be a European or an American rating agency, it would be a truly international one, in which in particular the emerging economies would have an equal interest, voice and representation. The second big difference that INCRA would make is that it would base its sovereign risk assessment on a broader set of indicators. Think about it that way. If we conduct a sovereign rating, we basically take a look at the economic soil of a country, its macroeconomic fundamentals. But we also have to ask the question, who is cultivating the economic soil of a country, right? Well, a country has many gardeners, and one of them is the government. So we have to ask the question, how is a country governed? How is it managed? And this is the reason why we have developed what we call forward-looking indicators. These are indicators that give you a much better read about the socio-economic development of a country. I hope you would agree it's important for you to know if your government is willing to invest in energy and renewable 
renewable energy and education wide, it's important for you to know if the government of your country is able to manage a crisis, if the government is finally able to implement the reforms that it's promised. For example, if INCRA would raid South Africa right now, of course we would take a very, very close look at the youth unemployment of the country, the highest in the world. If over 70% of a country's population under the age of 35 is unemployed, of course this has a huge impact on the economy today and even more so in the future. Well, our friends at Moody's, Standard and Poor's and Fitch will tell us we would take this into account as well. But guess what? We do not know exactly how they would take this into account. And this leads me to the third big difference that INCRA would make. INCRA would not only release its ratings, but it would also release its indicators and methodology. So in contrast to the current system, INCRA would be fully transparent. So in a nutshell, INCRA would offer an alternative to the current system of the big three rating agencies by adding a new non-profit player to the mix that would increase the competition, it would increase the transparency of the sector, and it would also increase the quality. I can tell that sovereign ratings may still look to you like this very small piece of this very complex global financial world. But I tell you, it's a very important one, and a very important one to fix. Because sovereign ratings affect all of us, and they should be addressed and should be defined as public goods. And this is why we are testing our model right now, and why we are trying to find out if we can bring together a group of able and willing actors to bring INCRA to life. I truly believe building up INCRA is in everyone's interest and that we have the unique opportunity right now to turn INCRA into a cornerstone of a new, more inclusive financial system. Because for way too long, we have left the big financial players on their own. It's time to give them some company. Thank you. <laughs> I know, right? In 2013, she made this um, TED Talk, and she was talking about the fact that she even mentioned South Africa small as we are on the tip of like the nose of Africa as we are. But it's such a, you know, in the world, I think South Africa plays such a big role. It was a prediction, I think, that she had come and she knew it was coming. Because there's a lot of things, you know, so and, and I think the one thing and I, I really hope that as, as you're listening to this, it makes a little bit more sense as to why this is such a big thing and that there's so many different things. As we sit here now, we've been downgraded by S&P, Standard mm -hmm. & Poor's. We've been downgraded by Moody's. Mm -hmm. And the third one, Finch. We're still waiting for. So Inca's yeah. not live yet, but it's one of the things that, you know, we're, and we don't know why. We don't know why. Everybody's speculating that it's because the minister was fired. Um, but we really don't I know I think why. it's accumulation of everything that's happened. <laughs> so I think, we, as you said, we can't really put one thing into why this has happened. But... And I think yeah. the, the thing that, that for me, Michelle, every time I hear this and, you know, I just have my, you know, just have my little savings. I don't have, I don't have offshore nothing. I don't have anything in dollars. Everything I own is in rands. Um, the thing that when I first saw this, 
that resonated with me, which I think is is part of the panic that's beginning to spread, um, is the fact that as it is, our economy is flat. Correct. There's no growth. There's no growth. So when you try and get an increase from your boss, your boss is just saying, eh, we haven't made that money. I can't do it. Uh Yeah. But inflation is a little bit stable now, but inflation is there. So the money I'm earning, and we learned this not so long ago, the money I'm earning and the money I'm having to spend because the interest rates keep going up, is going higher and higher. And, And now... What I'm also understanding is there's also this huge debt that this country is in. Yes. That there is money that has been borrowed to do stuff like Correct. build roads, Correct. that build hospitals, build infrastructure, right? And that money gets paid back. The way that I pay back my car, um, it gets paid back by treasury Correct. to these investors. Yes, whether they're banks or countries or whatever it may be, yes. And the downgrade is the equivalent of the interest rate going, going up, up on mm. my own Correct. higher purchase thing. So now the interest rate, which means that the country is paying back more interest, which means it has less money to spend as a norm. The thing is that I think if we break it down to the individuals, it's going to benefit certain individuals, and those are the people with no debt and the people that have current savings in their accounts, because those guys are going to actually make money off of this. It's the people that are sitting with big borrowing of houses, cars, and so on, and also people that are sitting with debt, because it's going to have a knock-on effect. It's going to be like a domino effect. Because the government has to now pay more, we're going to have increased petrol prices. If we have increased petrol prices, we're going to have increased food prices. Food prices. If we have increased food prices, we're going to have a knock-on effect on individual household spend. And that's where it's going to become difficult because not only is the person going to be having to pay more for their bonds, for their cars, for their personal loans, for their overdrafts, for their store cards, but they're also going to have to pay more for food. And that is where we're going to have the problem, is it's that domino effect, that knock-on effect, because interest rates are going to go up. I mean, we can, it's not as if I'm a fortune teller, but we've known now what has happened in the last three weeks or four weeks, and how is the government going to manage this? The only way they can manage it is by getting more money out of us. us. Bottom line. Sad face. So it really is something that, again, we go right back to the beginning of your and my show saying budget. How much are people spending and how much are they earning? Because at some point now, if the guys were sitting with a very small margin, different, a differential margin, it's going to now start overlapping if they owe more because interest rates will go up. And I don't think just once this year, I think a couple of times this year. Humph. Yeah. So can you do anything about it? Can you junk status proof yourself? Can you junk status proof? <laughs> <laughs> That's a lovely phrase. I love that. Junk status proof yourself. Can you yeah. junk status proof yourself? The only thing you really can do is go back to that budget. Go back to what you're spending. Get rid of those store cards. 
get rid of those high interest rates that you're paying on your credit cards, on your certain store cards. If you've got a, you may have an interest free for six months on those cards. Can you pay, then pay it off in those six months? Don't extend it. With things like your credit card, if you're paying a hundred rand, try and pay 150 rand back because you need to bring that kind of debt down before the interest rates hit, hit again. So, Michelle, is now the time to go for that consolidation loan that everybody calls you about every six days? The thing is that you can do a consolidation loan, and I think we need to establish the differences between the consolidation loans. If your bank is saying to you, at the moment you have um, a current account, you've got a savings account, you've got a credit card, we can put that all into one and basically your mortgage will come off it. They call it, I know FMB has got something called the one account. Yes. I now remember that, that is an awesome account because that is really a consolidation of accounts. And what happens is that your money coming in, the interest on those bond amounts is what you've put in divided by the 30 or the 31 days at the interest rate. Whoa. Okay. So no, what I'm saying, so think about it. You Say now have, again. All okay. right, so you've got a bond account currently. And on your bond, you are paying a thousand rand a month. That's it. It's, it's a fixed amount. You're paying a thousand rand. With something like a one account, what they do is you now remember, you're now putting your salary into the one account. With your one account, it's now looking at the interest of what is in the account over the month, which is either a 30 or 31 days at your interest rate. So now one month, Sana, you're a person that's earning um, a variable income. So in other words, you don't have a fixed income. So say now one month you put in 10,000 rand. And the next month you put in 12,000 rand. So one month when you've put in the 10,000 rand, your bond may be 898 rand. The next month you put in 12,000 rand, your bond might be 723 rand. So it works on a variable Amount depending on how much money is in the account. So it actually charges you per day uh-huh. for your bond. So, so what, what one has to be looking at is you have to be looking at if you're interested in a consolidation loan. Correct. Maybe now is the time, but yes. it's important to look Do it at, at the right place. <laughs> so now we've talked about a bank. Okay. So this is your bank options. Oh, this is not the go to the Mashonisa. Okay. So we're no, not no, no, saying no. go we to the Mashonisa, no, get no, 50,000 no. rand. Oh my gosh. And don't. pay everybody no. off and then you only have to pay oh, the Mashonisa. No. Okay. no, no, no. So please don't go to any loan sharks. Because <laughs> that's why they're called loan sharks. Because <laughs> they're, they're sharks. sharks. <laughs> So this is a bank consolidation. This is when somebody can literally sit with you. You've got a consultant at the bank, a private banker that can sit down and go through everything with you. This is brilliant. And it works for some, but it may not work for just everybody. Just to be clear, I don't have a private banker. Okay. So but no, no, I you can go just in, go and you talk go to into the your teller. bank. No, you won't go to a teller. You'll actually go to a consultant. Okay. So they will kind of move you through to the consultant to a private space where you can Correct. talk freely and about your date absolutely <laughs> and remember they also have they have all your stuff on file and they can give you a good understanding of where to go to so that's your first option so the people yeah. that phone you because i get calls i got i got a call this morning as yes. i arrived here <laughs> sitting downstairs i get a call this woman hi um Am I speaking? And this is my worst thing. Am I speaking to Muriel? I'm like, no, my name is Pumi. (laughs) 
So already you've got my name wrong. Yes. I'm not listening to you. I'm not yeah. interested because then I know you don't know me. Much less do you know my like business about my banking and stuff, right? Exactly. But we're running a service where we're, you know, are you finding that you're struggling to pay back your debt? I'm going, mm, actually, not no. struggling to pay back my debt. Yeah. But, but you don't know my name, so yeah. I'm not talking to Correct. you about it. So it's not those calls. No. We're not going to those people. No. So, but if you go to some of the more reputable businesses that actually have the credit, National Credit Act in place and everything, you have to understand one thing. People think it's a free service. It's not. So, yes, they can do a debt consolidation for you. That's not a problem because what they will do is they will take over your debt with and counsel the people that you owe money to. So that's really what they do. So in other words, you have a Woolly store or you've got an Edgar store, a store card, and you go to them and you say, listen, my premium for you every month is 500 Rand that I'm trying to pay off. What they will do is they will negotiate with those companies and say, right, instead of Michelle paying you 500 Rand, she will pay you 250 Rand. And they will negotiate. And in essence, what they do is they renegotiate so that your budget equals your income. But you've got to remember that they also have a fee attached to that. So, yes, they may be saving you 2,000 Rand a month, but you're going to be paying them a 1,000 of that savings. Yeah, but you still have a thousand for the service. But so, for the service, I have literally just gone onto the NCR National mm. Credit Regulator site, ncr.org.za, and they have a tab there where you can actually search for yes. for 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 companies that are reputable. Counselors. And yeah. they've got what have I found? Two thousand one hundred and seventy-three. Names that are sitting on there Absolutely. And these guys are already on the side So they've been vetted they They're not going to be like sharks Correct. or any kind But I'm just saying it's not a free service And I think people have a misunderstanding That they think it's a free service mm. It's not a free service And for some people this works Fantastically well Again, please be aware That they may ask you to sign a contract Which will stipulate that they will help you over an X period of time. But in that X period of time, you also owe them a certain amount of money. Mm. So those are just the little things that I want people to be aware of. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. For some people, it's the only way out. Mm-hmm. And once you've gone into this debt counseling or consolidation, you're not supposed to incur more debt. Definitely not. Now, also a thing that we have spoken about in the past, and maybe just a reminder, is everybody, every year, you're entitled to one free credit check. check. Yes. So you can do a thorough credit check Correct. across the credit uh, ratings, whatever people. All I want to say is credit standard. And you're not being searched by standard and no, or, no. or <laughs> any of those people. You know, it's money union. It's just like money union. Yeah. And, and Trans something, but you can go for free Correct. and get a full. It's like twenty pages. I remember when I did it a couple of years ago, I got like twenty-four pages, and it. I almost fell over. I thought, "What? Mm. I've got twenty-four pages of debt?" But that's not what it actually. No, has. no, 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 no. It gives you all. It, it gives you a consolidation of where you're at, and it gives and you what a type score. Of, yes, what type of a 
person you are as far as credit is concerned. How people are seeing you. And so correct, in, assessing you. In the same way that the ratings agencies do for countries and sovereign debt, which is what that is about. Correct. That credit rating scorecard that you get for yourself. So are you an individual junk status? <laughs> <laughs> are you an individual junk status? Um, but Pumi, I think I people, was kind of yeah. semi-junk. <laughs> Oh, good grief. I know, right? It, I was, scary. and this, it was very scary. I was semi-junk. I got 24 pages of like stuff. Yeah. And I looked at it and this one was also color coded. It was like from green to yellow to red. Yes. And I was in that amber space. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, Michelle, I wasn't working. <laughs> Wasn't working, just divorced, one child, all those kinds of things. Oh, it was, it was terrible and it was a scary thing. But what I was able to do with that is I was able to look at it and I was able to see what is actually sitting there. And a lot of the, and I was, I was surprised to see that they were, they had the entire credit history from yes. when I like had a Stutterford's account when I was 20 years old, Correct. right? And and they had all of those accounts and they were all listed as closed, whatever, you know, and how Correct. well you conducted that account and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and what was sitting there at the time after going through 24 pages and nearly like plotting, only to find that I had like three or four things that were sitting in there, but they were quite big things, you know, it Correct. was my house it was you know so it was quite a big yeah. thing i had an accident a couple of no not a couple now quite a number of years ago now and and that car that was written off but the insurance hadn't you know paid the full amount yeah. and all of that kind of stuff was sitting on there but what it allowed me to do was it allowed me to have a, a sober moment mm. of looking at what is sitting there looking at this rating and being able to tick off the things to then go oh okay this i can deal with like this this i can deal with like this and three years later if i'm sure if i were to pull it again it would look significantly different, different yeah because you know and i think the most important thing is also is people have got to understand that not only does it have an impact on your financial life it has an impact on your personal life because jobs jobs companies Look at their credit rating and they go, you know what? We cannot employ this person because they have X amount outstanding on this account. Because they're junk. Exactly. <laughs> because they've so, got junk status. Correct. So it also impacts people from getting themselves out of the problem. I had a company, so trying to get on a supplier database and I had a company that actually declined, declined for me to be a supplier. Because of, because, which is how I actually got to to the look for the credit, because yeah. and I was I was shocked and horrified. I actually still believe that it's it's nonsensical, and I actually think it's made to keep black people off their supplier database. Because no, this is a real thing because I could not understand, and I and nobody could give me the answer to say if I am giving you a service. Yes. And I'm not giving you a product. You don't have, and you only pay me once I have rendered that service. Correct. Actually, I should be checking your credit, your credit rating. Yeah, because I need to get paid. Because how do I know you yeah. don't pay me at the end? But that's that. That's just how it can impact you. So bad credit can Abs actually impact you in many in ways. many ways. And I think that is what scares me the most. I mean, we just had a person now that applied for a position, and we could not take her. 
very simply because her credit rating was so bad that we could not take the chance of employing her. Yeah, but I wouldn't want a financial advisor with a bad credit rating either. Okay, so you know it's it's, it's a little scary. It's but a lot of the times, I mean, think about it. How many times I got a letter the other day from a medical a medical supplier, a national blood supplier. Very simply because I owed them 36 rand. No, 12 rand 90. And I said to them, but guys, here's my proof of payment. It was one of their internal errors, but I got a lawyer's letter. Mm. So I'm thinking 12 rand 80. And now it's, it's a lawyer's letter. So now let me ask you this question. How does that impact the company paying the lawyers? Because how much was that letter for them? So it's just absolutely ridiculous. And then they still apologize. And I said to them, but does this now go onto my credit record? Which it probably and does. They, and you Based know what? on that 24 page document. And it you does. know what? She couldn't answer yeah. me. No, I listen here. I looked at that document. <laughs> on those 24 pages, they got to fill it with something. So it's I'm gonna be going to diss this company, but I won't. Almost. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so consolidation is probably one of the Correct. ways that you can go. But please, guys, just make sure you're doing it through reputable sources. Don't just go to somebody and please also don't go and lend money from family because it's going to cause trouble. Speaking of lending money or borrowing from anybody, right? Now is now the right time to be getting into any kind of additional debt. No. Should I just keep oh my, my God, old no. car? Just keep your not old move car? out of my house. You know, is is now the time to kind of Can, sit you fast? know what? I think the thing is. For most of us right now is don't panic. Don't <laughs> panic. I think we're past that. All right. No, all just, right. All right. So let's we're just, at the yeah. take a deep breath yes. about junk status. Correct. But don't panic. Stay focused. Then reassess your current situation. So if somebody has been thinking about purchasing a new vehicle, say to yourself, is this thing going to keep me going for another two months maybe? Because another then, year, maybe. Cause or another year. But what I'm saying is we're going to start getting the knock-on effect in the next few months. In other words, the interest rates, how things are going to start. You know, if if you're buying um, five roses tea, if it's costing you 30 rand now for 100 tea bags, check in a month or two what's it's co- what is it costing you. Is it costing you 32 rand? Is it costing you 35 rand? So we're talking about... Really doing that budget once again every month and assessing how things are changing within the next few months. Because only once you've done that assessment will you know whether you can actually go and purchase that vehicle. Now, speaking on the knock-on effect, you know, a, a number that's being thrown about quite quite a lot around now you're in junk status and getting out of junk status um, is – Eight to ten years, maybe more, is what it takes for countries to turn around their status and their rating. And and I was thinking about this, and one of the things that I I keep thinking about a lot is, and and something that I think is not being spoken about as much, is the fact that South Africa has been in junk status before. 
Correct. So in 1994, when yes. we had our first democratic um, election, the night was it 1993 that we went into junk status? No, we were junk status from early in the 80s. Yeah, from early in the 80s. Yeah. So throughout the 80s, with all the sanctions, the entire yes. the apartheid government had been bankrupt Correct. for years. From probably. W- the 70s, yes. the, throughout the 80s and into those early 90s, we were junk status. Mm. So when we be, well, we were junk status because we were sanctioned, we Correct. Were essentially cut off from the world. And when we, in 1994, started kind of being welcomed back into the world, yeah. it took a long time to yes. get us. And I, and I often tell the story of how when I bought my first place that I ever lived in, it was... I don't know, 2001 or something crazy like that. The interest rate at the time was 24%. Yes, absolutely. The exchange rate. And I'll, I don't think I'll ever forget this in my lifetime unless the interest rate gets back there and becomes mad like that. The, and, and the exchange rate, I think it, it, the, it was something like at some point it had hit 20 rand yes. to the pound, to the British right. pound. And I absolutely remember this because this is when I was making those decisions on, am I buying a house? Am I, mm. buy, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, and when I think about it now and I think about where we are, where our interest rate is bloody hell, you know, our interest rate is less than yeah, 10%, 10% right now. Yeah. Is there's room to move? Correct. But we have lived for a we've done this before, years and a, we've gone through this already in a boom. Correct. We just have to be disciplined. Correct about it. The big and you, if you think about the positives once again, if we just look at the positive things, our tourism will be great. Why? Because Iran is so weak. Because it costs it is nothing. Nothing to come and have the most incredible holiday in this incredible country. Mm. Also, overseas investors purchasing property in South Africa. That will be also something that we can think about. People that have offshore accounts right now, already invested, are getting more out of it because of the weaker rand. Mm -hmm. Because remember they purchased in rands? Mm -hmm. So the rand's weaker, but now they've got a dollar exchange rate. Mm -hmm. So there are some positives. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I'm saying the people that are going to be mostly affected are the people that are sitting with a higher debt. So – Let's just, we, we've spoken about the higher debt and that's how you're going to be affected. Let's talk about long-term savings now. Mm. You know, if you have got a pension planned, Correct. you're in your 30s and you've been saving for the past 10 years of your working career, how is that going to be affected by junk status? If you've got a retirement annuity yeah. in place, if you have got, uh, you're in your 30s, you're in your 40s maybe, you know, you're looking at like... Cashing out Only the like, thing you know, soon. 20 years and so on. Yeah. For me, at the end of the day, with your retirement annuities, remember it's like any kind of investment. You're going to have your ups and you're going to have your downs. It's the management of the actual funds that is going to impact the end result. And that's why I'm saying I think the only people that really need to relook at maybe their investment strategies are going to be the people that are closer to retirement. And when I'm saying investment strategies, I'm not saying cancel your retirement annuities, (laughs) but look at the funds that you currently invested in Mm -hmm. and maybe have your financial advisor look at those funds and see how this kind of junk status will impact your fund management. In other words, have you got 
higher equity offshore, all that kind of stuff. How's it going to impact you? So those are the guys closer to retirement that maybe need to just have a look at it. The guys that have still got their 15, 20 years to retirement, leave it be. Still check your funds. Leave it alone and keep yes. putting money in it. Yes. Don't now say to yourself, oh, I'm going to take this money out because you're really going to lose everything and more. Keep it in there. Have your financial advisor once again check your funds and make sure that the fund selection is appropriate to our current situation. Fund selection and making it appropriate. If I'm, I'm just at the beginning, I'm a nice, you know, yeah. young, bright eyed, bushy tailed youngster getting into the work environment right now. And I am choosing those retirement annuities at the moment. Yes. What kind of places should I be looking at for my investment strategy that are appropriate to the time we are living in? Considering we have a good 10, maybe 15 years to try and yeah. get out of this situation. Really look at your managed funds, in other words, and your balanced funds. Because what they do over the term is that they mani- manage the ups and the downs. And you've also got certain funds which are actually balanced, which gives you that scale of, yes, if I've got an up, what happens? Yes, if I've got a down, what happens? So that's, once again, it's a very difficult thing just to say, oh, choose these funds because we're really not going to look at that. You also have certain companies that have lifetime investment option funds. Now, your lifetime investment option funds looks at exactly that. It looks at all the things that could happen within the lifetime of that policy and how can they stabilize those Inevitables. You know, sometimes we may have a crash in the economy. You may have the stock market going silly. You may have something like this junk status. But we've also got to remember this is not a short-term investment. This is a long-term investment. And therefore, look at it like a lifetime option, that you are spreading your risk over that lifetime. But like any financial advisor should do, is relook at your funds every single year. And say to you, oh, this fund's really not doing so well. Maybe we need to look at switching the fund into something which is more managed or more balanced or that has a lifetime option in it. Mm. And in the short term, mm. you know, is if you do have a couple of rands to spare, you've got some extra cash. Bank savings accounts with a money market. Bank savings accounts with a money market. Honestly, at the moment, you can go tax-free savings accounts. Um, you can go the endowment routes, but again, those are more towards your five years. If you've got a thousand rand here or a hundred rand there, go to the banks and don't just go to your own bank. Go and look at the banks that are actually offering different investment strategies. You could have something like with Capitec. They've got a fixed interest rate bond, uh, interest rate savings account, which giving you a nine percent return, which is really good. You've got, um, Investec which is offering a savings account. And what they do is they also give you a 7% interest rate. You can go to something like FNB. FNB has got something called the pocket save. Now with that, it's dependent on how much money is in the account. So it works on a, a tiered status. So if you've got from a thousand rand to five thousand rand, you're going to get four point two percent. If you've got from five thousand rand to ten thousand rand, you're going to get seven percent. So it works as far as do you get a fixed interest or do you get a tiered interest depending on how much money is in the account? 
So the definite big thing that I'm getting today is not to panic and take all your money out of the bank. No, God, don't do that, please. <laughs> because at the end of the day, you're the one that's actually going to lose out. Mm. We need to focus and we need to say to ourselves, like you said, this has happened before. Guess what? We've had some really bad times, 1998. We've had that huge crash where properties were worth absolutely zip. And now we're looking at, yes, properties must probably going to go down. Prices are going to go down again. We're going to go through a little bit of a slump. But stay focused. And the biggest thing is get yourself out of debt. Cut up those damn store cards. <laughs> Cut the freaking things up. <laughs> store cards are a no-go. <laughs> it's just that they really do attract, even if you do get a six-month interest-free it's it's still expensive because nobody's got that kind of discipline. That's just you're not yeah. you're not spending it. You're not you're paying it off in six Correct. months. It's just that kind of discipline is Correct. really hard. And if yes. you do have the extra cash right now, you should be paying off that debt. So if you do have an extra five hundred rand, throw it into something it, that that's like got the highest interest. Yeah, that's got the highest interest. I mean, I've just seen a client now, and we actually did a huge amount of work on analysis on their current situation. It was a couple. And eventually I said to them, because I looked at their disposable income, and they're paying off like student loans. They're paying off so many things, although they're working, but they're still paying off all this. But their disposable income was a reasonable amount. And I said to them, but why aren't you pumping more money into paying debt? off? Pay off your debt, and in a year's time, we will reevaluate. That disposable income becomes more. Correct. And then you can really start looking at your financial plan. But right now, pay off the debt, pay off the personal loan, pay off the overdraft, pay off the student loan. So instead of just paying the thousand rand in, pay a thousand two hundred rand in. Pay it off. Now is not definitely not no. the time to be saying, eh, I'd rather just pay off this five hundred rand so I have an extra five hundred rand. If you pay in five hundred and fifty, have one less meal at McDonald's. Michelle, the big questions to ask a financial advisor. So now I've heard all of this. I'm not panicking. I'm breathing. I've looked at my budget and I've looked at where I used to spend 20 rand every week on, you know, on whatever, on the Wacky Wednesday. Yeah. And I'm now going to take that Wacky Wednesday money and I'm going to put it Correct. back into stuff. Now, what are the big questions? So I phone up my financial advisor and I say, I need to talk to you. All right. What are the what do I need to bring along with me in no. my little notepad? Yeah. And what what are the things that I need to be asking them? Okay. Firstly, you need to ask them to give you a current portfolio statement. In other words, where are you? What are you, where are you at? I also think right now it might not be a bad idea to redo your risk profiling. In other words, just reassess what your thinking is right now. Because again, People are starting to think differently right now, very simply because of the environment around us. So it doesn't matter because those are things that matter to you. So redo your risk profiling. Check where you are invested. Make sure those investment that you actually have within your endowments, within your RAs, are still stuff that you can feel comfortable with currently. If not, what are some of the other funds that are going to be more managed or more balanced right now that is going to make you feel better and also still give you 
that future value. So it's going to be risk profiling, first your portfolio, risk profiling, maybe switching some of your funds into something that's more managed or lifetime optioned. And then I think lastly is actually redo your personal budget with your financial advisor. Because if push comes to shove, and I should not be saying this, but if push comes to shove, rather reduce your premiums to pay off your debt because I need you to be debt free. So if you're paying 600 rand on a policy, reduce it by 100 to 500 and then reassess in six months or a year again. That is to me what is important is reevaluate and pay off debt because I need you to be debt free. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's a big one. I think that's a big one. I'm, just hearing you say that, I was thinking is could it be a good idea to maybe look at some of those shorter ones and see how much you could get out of it and the thing is take that, you, that money yeah, and pay off the debt. It could be, but just remember you will always be penalized. Mm-hmm. So the thing is with your endowment program or endowment policies, your tax-free savings accounts, those are the ones that you will always be penalized. But maybe the penalization is going to be worth the amount being paid out to pay off the debt. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not advocating it. I'm saying have a look at it. Mm. Mm. The thing is with your retirement annuities, remember that that option is only available at 55. So that money will always be there. But again, just have a look at where is the most pressing need right now. And the most pressing need is debt. Is debt. And I think that's my premise for right now is saying, guys, look at it, manage it. And stay focused on the future. Not on now, but on the future. Michelle is a registered financial advisor, so she's definitely one of the people that know exactly what the hell they're talking about. Michelle, if people want to get hold of you and they want to do this process with you, they want to they they've sure. never had a financial advisor, they've they kind of listening to all of this and and feeling the panic rise. <laughs> Very easy. How does somebody get hold of you? Michelle M I C H E L L E dot dave d-a-v-e at vodamail.co.za it's my personal email address and i will look at anything that comes through and guess what like i've become financially savvy over the past couple of years i've helped michelle become a little bit social media savvy because you're also (laughs) on social media or you can also inbox michelle or dm her on her twitter account at michelle dave right michelle I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> sounds terrible. Oh my gosh. She's not a digital native like all of us, but hey, we're getting it's there. We're getting there. M. Dave. That's it. Michelle M. Dave. Michelle M. Dave. And she's a beautiful young lady. Michelle, thank you very much for having this conversation with me. And I'm thinking, you know what? Just right now, as, as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking, hmm, next month, maybe we should be talking about strategies. Yep. We should be talking investment strategies next month. Let's do it. Michelle Dave is here every month, once a month. We've got money on our mind and our money. <laughs> and we're talking money, 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 money. I'm Pumi Mashejo and you've been tuned into Womanda with Michelle Dave. Cheers, everybody. Have an awesome, awesome week. (laughs) The hour hour has completely flown by. But if anything that I get out of today's conversation is panic slowly. 
No, don't panic. Don't panic. Because the panic's already passed. We've already had the panic sessions. Okay, we've had the panic yeah, sessions. So, so please breathe. don't panic. Just take a deep breath. Sit back. Focus. So breathe. And the work to do <laughs> is really to look at all that debt that you have, get rid of that debt, mm. and save, save, save. That's if you're debt-free, you're going to be able to save more. Correct. I'm Pumi Masheko, and you've been tuned into Womanla as we're talking about money. I'll Cheers, see you again everybody. Next week. Your, I, I don't even... Um, I don't even know where to go. I, I think that the, the number of things going on in my head today, Michelle, are the kinds of things that are making me go, hmm, you know what must be nice? What? Having lots and lots of money. Cliffcentral.com.